What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Guest Friday on Not Your Average Boston Sports Podcast. I am your host, Garrett Hayden. As always, you can listen to the podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts and on Spotify, and you can follow our uh, social pages for uh, latest updates on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, this week, as you may have noticed, we got a uh, an old friend uh, coming in to talk Red Sox this week. Uh, Evan Greasing returns to the podcast, and uh, we're going to be talking some Sox. So, uh, Evan, what's going on? Yeah, hey, Garrett. Excited to uh, to chat Red Sox today. And, uh, you know, it's always a sign of spring, you know, in, in our area. It's hitting 60 degrees, and I know it's, that might not be sustainable, but, uh, you know, it's a sign of good things to come. And, you know, the, the team's down in Fort Myers training, so uh, spring is in the air, you know, some – Mixed feelings about the team in the air this year, I'm sure. But, um, you know, let's uh, dive into it, kind of think about how this will shape up and uh, what the the boys of Fenway will be looking like this year. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to to get into that. You know, I think, uh, again, yeah, like you said, mixed feelings, certainly about the team. But, you know, it's a, always an exciting time of year when the team gets down there. And, you know, we're, we're recording this Thursday night, the official date for pitchers and catchers was yesterday, the 15th uh, position players, I think are scheduled to go down sometime next week. Although there are a lot of guys that are already down there, which I don't know, I think is a pretty good sign. Yeah. I think there's like going to be a lot of, I mean, we'll get into this more, but a lot of leadership in the clubhouse this year and, you know, some, you know, some big holes to be filled, you know, after the departure of Xander Bogarts guys, JD Martinez, guys like that. But -hmm. at the same time, there's, you know, veteran guys who are coming into this club and will set a good example for you know for the young guys and also just a proven some proven winners in the bunch too so i do agree with you like seeing some of the position players already down there it's definitely kind of provides that spark and that edge that the team really needs mm-hmm. so we'll certainly dive into this year's team in a little bit but i did want to start uh because uh we the two of us we've known each other for for quite a long time, and I know that uh, you have uh, frequently been been down to spring training before. Um, probably, probably not for probably not for a while, but you were down there quite a bit. Yeah, we used to go down almost every year to spring training, mm-hmm. um, and it was a honestly a great experience. I think you know we didn't we didn't go down for a super long time, but I always tried to catch a game or two. And I think you know when we when I went down when I was younger we spent like pretty much all of our time at the ballpark. And then as I got older, it was more like, okay, we'll do a few games also, you know, get a chance to relax and de-stress a little bit. But um, it uh, it was so great being, being down there. I think, you know, went down there when it was in Fort Myers at city of Palms park, the original uh, Red Sox spring training facility. And two miles down the road was this baseball minor league complex and it was almost like little league fields. They were obviously not little league sized, but mm-hmm. you could literally walk right up to them and like, you know, there was no like security, and like people didn't really know about it. And you just could like watch the players and I can get into some, some fun stories. And it's just like wild things you saw. Now it's a little bit more tightened up. They have it all at the, the jet blue Fenway South sports complex. And mm-hmm. it's still great. And they still have all those fields to kind of go through, but there's a little bit more structure to it, but back in the old days at the city of Palms, there was that, that charm and that like, you know, old fashioned baseball feel of it that I used to love. Mm -hmm. So yeah, go, go into that a little bit more. Any, uh, 
any like wild stories or anything like that that would happen back in the day i mean it was just it was just really neat i think like you know you think about some of the guys that we grew up watching on the red Sox, jacoby ellsbury clay buckholtz and like those guys literally just like feet away from you and uh and like i would and there'd be no one else there and i would just be there with my big binder baseball cards like hoping to get everything signed and i'd be like mr ellsbury can you sign an autograph (laughs) and like you know and, and you know he would have no problem signing it and then uh I think like got a chance to meet Dwight Evans down there. And um, there was also, you know, you saw a lot of the coaches riding around on um, like little golf carts and everything. Yeah. And one day down there, Yaz was, Carl Yastrzemski was there and uh, he rode by and I asked him for an autograph and he signed my baseball. And it was wow. just like super cool to like see those legends in process. And I even think mm. that I interviewed Dwight Evans for our middle school newspaper. <laughs> oh my God. Um, now, interview very lightly i'm sure i asked him like a couple of questions but um <laughs> it was it was definitely a really cool experience i'd say that was the old complex modern day complex i'd say is a, re- a pretty cool story as well um right before the pandemic hit i was down down in fort myers and uh was watching the big team practicing on some of the fields and poppy david ortiz was one of the was one of the coaches at the time kind of helping out on the field and everything mm. and he started walking over to to right field and people thought he was coming over to sign autographs so everyone's yelling poppy poppy like come sign this come sign that and i'm thinking to myself poppy's not going to sign for like you know a thousand people like he you know he needs he's a job he's doing and stuff um and everyone's like running to the right field where there was a little opening Mm -hmm. um but of course you know ortiz is just like sauntering over there you know everyone else is running past him and i'm like you know what he's I know I'm not gonna get his autograph so I'm just gonna like see if I can get his attention for a selfie so I remembered like just kind of quietly I said hey poppy selfie and he like looks over and comes right to the uh you know the the, fe- the fenced off area yeah. and uh does this classic you know peace sign and I got a selfie with him so yeah. um you know, and like he didn't end up signing autographs so I yeah. was like I don't don't know where my mind thought about that, but I'm really glad I did. It was such a cool yeah. moment to kind of like have with him. That is so cool. Yeah, it's a it's a neat experience down there in spring training, and kind of always the hope springs eternal with the teams. Obviously, in you know in 2020, that was some of the only baseball that fans saw at all spring training. So um, obviously, we're not in that stage now, but spring training just all of the special time of year. Yeah, that must have been so interesting to like see the change obviously when they you know changed uh parks or changed complexes or whatever that was um but yeah that is so cool i mean that's i don't think i've ever or obviously i've never been down there but i think i would love to do that one day but yeah you're absolutely right you know the excitement of the you know beginning part of the season where you know you can have the excitement whether maybe the team might not be as good that coming year or, you know, I don't know, depending on what the expectations are, you know, it's still always a a fun experience. Yeah. And I think with this year with opening day on March 30th, I think it's like, you know, like I can imagine the weather at Fenway that day is going to be like probably 40 and windy and, you know, classic new England baseball weather, but it does still, it makes you feel that nice weather is around the corner and the the boys of summer are back. So um, it is an exciting time for sure. Yeah. And it almost feels like with 
the first game being March 30th, you feel like the regular season is that much closer than it usually is because it's usually, you know, first week of April and it's like March 30th. It's like, oh, oh my God, it's, you know, a month and a half away. Yep. So. Yeah, I think like what we got like NBA All-Star weekend and then it's almost March Bandis and then fast forward a couple weeks and it's baseball. So yeah, it's, um, it's yeah. always a, a bummer for, you know, us sports fans when the Super Bowl ends, but I think it ushers in great, new things one of which is the start of baseball season yeah absolutely so now kind of looking at this team 2023 you know big changes i think in the off season you know i think having to get used to a team without bogarts without you know Evaldi, without jd martinez um it's certainly a group that i think and i was just talking about this with someone earlier today that it's a group that I don't think has really, really any expectations. I mean, that they're probably pretty low. I mean, I think based on all the things that we've heard about this team and kind of the, the, the negativity from the fan base that I think there's very little expectation that this team is going to do very much. Yeah. I feel like the, it's a, there's a kind of a certain level of, apathy around the Red Sox right now in the city. And I think partially that's due to the success of the Bruins and the Celtics at the moment. And, you know, diehard Patriots fans following the ups and downs of that season. Mm -hmm. But I think that the Red Sox really need to jump off to a hot start. But I'm going to make the case tonight that I I do think that they have the pieces to -hmm. do that. I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm sliding them into the World Series. Right. But at the same time, like, I don't think they're going to be finishing fifth in the AL East. It's it's possible. It's a tough division. The Orioles have gotten better. Like, teams are all improving. And on a net level, we probably subtracted this year. Um, but I think that the pieces they do have are, are fun. And I think there's some potential there. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think baseball is so strange year to year that a team could do very well in one season and then do very poorly the next. So it's like, yes, in theory, you have a very tough division because, you know, Tampa Bay, Toronto, and the Yankees are all very good, but it's possible that, you know, one of those teams doesn't do as well, you know, like a Tampa Bay or a Toronto and a team like the Red Sox can slide in there if, you know, things all kind of go according to plan. I mean, I think that thing with this Red Sox team is, there just are a lot of questions and a lot of kind of unknowns. And certainly there's potential for good things to happen. But I think that there just there just are a lot of questions. We kind of don't know how things are going to go. Yeah, I feel like the thing with this Red Sox team is there's less wiggle room than other teams have, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like, you know, I was reading that uh, Frankie Montes for the Yankees might have to have some sort of arm surgery, might be shut down for a bit mm-hmm. in like, you know, that hurts them, but doesn't mean that they're not contending anymore. You know, if if we're looking at Nick Pavetta as our number one starter, if sale goes down, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's a tough look. I mean, and Pavetta's great. He's going to probably lead the team in strikeouts. He had a good year last year. Mm-hmm. But, you, you know, like, I think uh, subtractions to this team, if there's injuries or whatever, at this point, make it a lot harder to come back from if it's then other teams, the AL East. But that's the thing about baseball, like you said, and and I feel like the Red Sox, if those things go right, that they need to go right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, we'll get into like projections and stuff, I'm sure, but yeah. um, there's 
there's a hope. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, some of the moves that they've made in the offseason are kind of interesting that I think, you know, very curious about what they get from Yoshida from Japan. You know, I think that there's a lot of excitement around him. And I think there's excitement around some of the other guys that they've brought in, Justin Turner, you know, Adam Duvall, um, I think Kenley Jansen and that whole bullpen. There should definitely be some excitement that, okay, they have a bullpen that I think has the potential to be very, very good. And they have, you know, the ability to hold leads late in games, which is obviously a huge problem that they had last year. Yeah, I feel like it was funny. I was looking today at the, like the Worcester Red Sox um, projected lineup, projected pitching staff. And a lot of the Worcester Red Sox projected pitching staff was like the Red Sox pitching staff at the end of last year. You know, guys that, you know, probably, you know, need that additional time in AAA to work on their skills and to make it up to the big club. You know, Josh Winkowski's, Cutter Crawford's, um, you know, Chris Murphy's, Caleb Ortz, guys like that. Right. that were kind of ended up being big pieces of our bullpen last year and mm-hmm. sometimes struggled. Um, right. But now the, the, the bullpen is like you said, a lot more formidable. I mean, you have Jansen, Chris Martin, John Scriber had a good year last year. And then mm-hmm. um, Joely Rodriguez from the Mets, mm-hmm. just they're, they're proven durable arms. And I think that, you know, you're not going to get like a, a lights out, like, Edwin Diaz sort of closer out of that bunch or anything, but um, you're at least going to feel like, okay, if you have a three round lead going into the sixth and your starters out, you know, you have a good shot at, at holding the game. Yeah. You know, it was funny. I went to a couple of games last year and, you know, one of the games I went to was a game that they had, you know, four or five run lead going into the ninth and they almost gave, gave the game away. You know, I think it was a game against the Cardinals where they're up by a run. Goldschmidt comes up and they strike him out. And it's like, oh, my God, you know, they, they can't afford to be doing doing things like that next year, I think. Um, and hopefully they won't, you know, if the bullpen's going to be, um, I think, a lot more of a, a group that can get guys out that are proven to, to get guys out. Um, so I'm kind of curious from you um, when the games start, the Red Sox have their first spring training game, February 25th. Um, what are some things that you're going to be looking at during the uh, spring training games? Yeah, I think I'd say, I think like, obviously, you know, with the hype there, I'd be really curious how Yoshida performs. I think that, you know, his, his talent and ability to hit for power on both sides is, or to both sides of the field is something that, could be a huge asset at Fenway. I think that I've seen some projections that he'll, you know, hit like 15 homers and something he'll hit 30. So like, I'm curious where he'll fall probably somewhere in the middle there. But I think that with him likely hitting lead off, it will be a great chance to see, you know, what he can do from that spot and what speed he can bring there too. I think also I'm curious to see in spring training, how like Adam Duvall's health is. I think I know he had some health concerns last year, missed a lot of time with injury, but like when he's healthy, you know, he's, hitting 25 30 home runs he has a swing built for Fenway and mm-hmm. I mean swing built for Fenway South too given the ballpark is the same um so like I think if he can get on a roll in the spring training I think that that's that'll be great and I think I'm also just curious to see some of the the prospects I think um you know even some guys that 
you know, aren't the Tristan Casas or Marcelo Mayers of the world, like Emmanuel Valdez, the guy the Red Sox got in the, believe it was the Christian Vasquez trade last summer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, second base prospect. He hit almost 30 home runs last year across all levels of his minor league experience. That's a guy who could be contributing at some point this year if, you know, Arroyo stumbles or Story doesn't come back in the expected time. And, and like Brian Mata as well. Um, you know, he had a dominant year in double A, came up to triple A, and both those guys have non roster invitations to spring training or on the 40 man. So we'll be seeing plenty of them as, as you know, your players of the WBC and as players get ramped up, mm-hmm. um, a lot of those prospects will will get some time, which I'm really excited to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's actually something I had totally forgotten about uh, just now is the World Baseball Classic that that will be going on, you know, during spring training. And that I think whenever that goes on, it's always a, a wrinkle that gets put into, you know, spring training that guys are, you know, playing in playing in that event and then also you know getting ready for the major league baseball season um but i think it is definitely a way for guys to get into the swing of things by playing in games like that yeah for sure you know and like those games tend to have higher intensity than a spring training game too right so you know i know you have some guys i i, I don't know the whole list on top of my head but i know like guys like i think I know Devers is playing the World Baseball Classic, yes. and I I yeah. think Jansen might be on, like on the reserve team for his country. Um, yeah. So like I do think you'll have some guys playing in those competitive games um, yeah. as well, which will only get them like you said closer to to game shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things that I think I'm personally curious about is the catching. You know, I think that Reese McGuire did pretty well when he came over. Uh, from the trade last year when he came over from the White Sox uh, in the trade last year, but kind of curious about what else they have at that position. You know, they signed um, Alfaro to a minor league deal recently, and then Connor Wong is obviously still in the roster. So that's kind of an area that I'm curious to see how that looks. Yeah, I think there'll definitely be some platooning there. I think that that McGuire's probably got the job as the, you know, everyday starting catcher. I think that right. last year, I saw something the other night on Nesson, like I think his splits, he like 300 or something after coming to the Red Sox, like 330 mm-hmm. or something, which mm-hmm. like, if he can keep that up, I think every team will be calling for him as their starting catcher. Yeah. Um, but, you know, having insurance, like guys like Alfaro and Wong, I think that that'll be good. I know Alfaro has been playing in some winter ball and has been, Mm-hmm. showing some power too so you you know that you, he was a former top prospect um and even they signed in october a guy on waivers caleb hamilton from the twins and you know hasn't shown a ton of pop at the plate but a really great defensive catcher too so i think that you know while it's not the steadiness that vasquez provided the position for years i think that between the group of guys they'll be able to have something formidable behind the plate and get to know the staff well i think reese already has that experience with a lot of the staff members too uh the pitching staff members so um it'll be interesting to see him come into his first full year as a as a red sock i think it'll also be interesting to watch the progress of a couple of the starting pitchers um i think for me particularly sale and paxton who are coming off you know paxton obviously didn't pitch last year and chris sale pitched five innings last year so um for me it'll be interesting to watch their progress and then you know, how do the other guys look? How does Kluber look? How does, you know, Whitlock look, assuming that they're wanting to try him in the in the rotation again? 
Yeah, no, that'll be really interesting. And Bello too. I think that yes, you know he he course. was he had an up and down year last year, mm-hmm. um, but has apparently retooled some things in his delivery and and made some worked with Pedro and guys like that to kind of get his uh, yeah. you know work work out some things on his end. But yeah, I totally agree on Sale and Paxton as well. I think that you know Paxton hasn't been fully healthy in like three years, or at least been able to pitch more than a few starts in three years. So I think that that's a real wild card, but you know, if again, this team has a lot of ifs, like we were saying at the beginning, like if, if sale and Paxton can, can pitch like, you know, they're capable of maybe not at the, you know, Cy Young level, but a notch down from that, that's a formidable one too. It works. Yeah. I think, you know, and people will say this a million times, but it's like all they really have to do, I think is stay healthy. And they stay healthy pitch effectively enough that they're okay you know no one's asking sale to be the Cy Young award Cy Young award winner that he was you know five six years ago where he's winning 17 18 games you know I think that the Red Sox do need him to be good enough to be a number one but I think he can stay healthy then they probably should be okay but as we've seen with Chris over the last couple of years it's uh kind of it's been kind of challenging for him yeah whether it's getting hit in the hand, the arm, the bike accident, whatever it may be, it seems like it's been an uphill battle for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, it's good. He has a full spring to kind of get, you know, his arm ready for the season, get fully worked out. And I know he's been throwing some bullpens and everything too. So Mm -hmm. excited to kind of see what he can bring back to the team. Obviously it won't be 2018 Chris Ale likely, but you know, if it's anything close to it, that, that would be great. Um, any other any other players that you're interested to see how they do in spring training? Yeah, um, I'll give you one regular and then one prospect. Um, I'm thinking, you know, I'm really curious to see kind of how the the DH first base shapes up between Casas and Justin Turner. I think, you know, Turner, great clubhouse guy, you know, a, a veteran you know, I, th- I saw tonight a stat that he has like tied for the 13th most playoff games in MLB history. You know, he's been so many winning teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that he's, you know, a great addition to the lineup. You know, he, again, another guy with a swing built for the green monster. So I could see him bringing pop to the, that lineup and cost too. I mean, you know, the average wasn't there last year. Um, but I think that if he can get 20, 25 homers and, you know, just hit better than, Dahlbeck was hitting last year. I think that would be an upgrade in the first base position. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the pro- I guess I guess that was two, but that'll give you a prospect as well. Um, Raffaella, say Dan Raffaella, um, mm-hmm. you know, is one of the Sox top prospects and one of the top 100 prospects in baseball. Mm-hmm. He hit over 20 homers last year, hit 300 between Greenville and Portland. So I think he'll probably start the year at Worcester, but with some of the Red Sox outfield questions and you know if there are any injuries you know you think about you know you don't expect like obviously like let's say Turner were to go down and Duvall were to to slide into DH you know Raphael is a guy that could come up instantly provide strong defense which is a strong suit but then also you know work on his bat and um, I think like baseball prospectus or something said that he was had a 2023 estimate of when he'll make the major so I think we could also see him this year and Mm -hmm. would be another good good one for people to watch this spring training. Yeah, I think Cassis is is really interesting because 
Um, you know, I think he's the guy that's kind of just been given the keys to uh, the the keys to first base where, you know, I think they, they let Hosmer go and they kind of just gave him the job. And, you know, Turner obviously is a great guy to have in the locker room and can, you know, also play first base. But I think um, kind of expecting big things from Casas this year where, you know, yes, it's fair. He only hit, you know, 197 last year, but at the same time, he only had 76 at-bats, you know, which is not a lot. So, you know, I think that definitely there'll be growing pains with him, but I think hopefully he can give them some of that, give him, give them some of the power that I think they expect, because this is again, you know, a lineup that I think is kind of in need of guys who could hit for power. And, you know, obviously they brought in some guys, but Again, they're kind of questions where can Cassis hit enough to be a consistent bat in the lineup? Yeah, that's a great point. It's exciting, too, to think about, like, you know, you think about prospects and guys who are highly touted mm-hmm. and then had, again, 76 at-bats. This is not the case for Tristan. But, yeah. like, David Ortiz, you know, was a highly touted prospect, was with the Twins for a couple of years, and they were like, hey, you know, we're not – this wasn't, wasn't working for them. They didn't see the production they wanted. And then he comes to Boston and he, you know, is a superstar yeah. he is. So like, you know, if you just never know. So maybe Tristan's hitting, hitting 30, 40 homers this year and hitting 265, 270. And like, right. you just never know. And that and that's, I think the, the optimism of spring training and the optimism of baseball is kind of like, um, just fun to see who kind of, who kind of blooms. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, middle infield would be something to, pay attention to you know obviously it's not great that you know story has to miss you know probably what will amount to about half the season um and so it'll be interesting to see how you know Kike Hernandez does at short you know how many you know can they get enough games out of Arroyo at second base um you know kind of curious to see how that looks um and then obviously you know way down the line if story does indeed return you know what does that look like what does he look like when he comes back in, you know, July or August, whenever that may be. For sure. And is, and is the team in a position where they're going to bring him back from injury or are they going to sit him out the rest of the year if they're not in a competitive position, but you'd like to think that by July or August, they'll still be in things. I think, I think they will be. So I think um, so too. I'm also curious if they'll bring in a guy like Jose Iglesias or um, someone else like that to kind of provide some, or a, Jerks and Profar is another guy who's still a free agent. So I could see the Red Sox taking a, a quick flyer on what a guy like that for yeah. low money, one year contract and seeing if they can help out throughout the year. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, you've seen this team and other teams, you know, make additions in spring training. You know, obviously this is not like it was two years ago where, you know, you're signing guys during spring training, you know, with, the, all the craziness with the, with the COVID, but, you know, I think certainly, yeah, if there are guys that are still available to play, you know, shortstop and do that almost every day, you know, then I think they'd have to take a, a, a flyer. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, obviously, as I said, the spring training schedule starts February 20th, or officially it's February 25th, but then I think, the 24th, they will be playing Northeastern in that uh, game that they always do every year, which is always kind of interesting. 
Um, yeah, so it's February 25th against the Braves. That is their first, like, MLB spring training game. And then, you know, season openers uh, March 30th at Fenway against the Orioles. So, uh, I mean, I don't know, Evan, anything else uh, you want to add about the uh, about this year's group? Yeah, I'd say one thing that's exciting is a lot more of the spring training games are televised. So it's mm. a good way for this team, for the city to become familiar with this club. So definitely try to try to get in a spring training game or, or two just to see how they're shaping up. Um, and I would say, you know, don't be surprised if this is like a, you know, bridge year, I guess, as they say, or like a year that's, you know, you know, they're not competing for a title. But also don't be surprised if they are. Don't be surprised if they're going to squeak into a wild card or stay in that second, third mix the whole season. I wouldn't be surprised if we're playing competitive baseball in September too. Like either way, I think I would be pleasantly, I'd be pleased if, if, you know, we're competing for that playoff spot, but it won't be too surprising to me. I think that this team definitely has potential in the leadership behind it that could get them there. Yeah. I think that I'm seeing and kind of feeling a lot of similar vibes to 2013 you know when this was a team that was coming off you know that collapse at the end of 2011 the last place finish in 2012 that came into that season with really no expectations they made a lot of kind of in the margins type of moves you know signing guys like Napoli and Victorino and you know lo and behold they had won a World Series now I'm not saying this is a World Series team, but I do think that it's a similar, you know, very low, no expectations for this group. And I feel like that's always a a recipe for something good when a team doesn't have a lot of expectations and they just, you know, come out and just play. Yeah, so. no, I, I agree. And the farm system's getting better. So the pipeline is getting stronger too to, to new talent. So um, it's definitely, uh, you know, Things things to look forward to. We un- we understand the, yeah. the hesitancy around the team, but sure. you know there's also things to be excited about. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, uh, thanks for joining me this week, Evan. That was uh, it was great to great to catch up, great to talk uh, some socks, and you know hopefully we'll have you on at some point uh, during the season. Yeah. No. Thanks so much for having me, Garrett. And uh, always good to talk socks. And maybe we'll be uh, catching up later this summer and talking about the state of this team let's hope all right sounds good all right uh folks we'll be back with you next week